What's your owner's name? Uh, John. Your owner's named after a bathroom, huh? <laughs> That's funny. <Yeah. laughs> In my day, we used to say, you have to go to the John. And then these fellas <laughs> were named John. And I always thought, Turlet. Whenever I hear the name John, I think Turlet. And now whenever I have to go to the Turlet, I make a big... Brown beautiful duty in my Hello everybody. It's Johnny and welcome Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to a new year, a new decade, the Roaring Twenties, the first episode of the Views from the John podcast in the new year. It's 2020, and here we are back with another edition of the Views from the John podcast. I am your host, Johnny Erez, and Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. Today, for me, is Friday. It's Friday. Holla friggin' Luya. Thank God it's Friday. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic new year. All right. We got some show announcements. Your boy Johnny has some dates coming up. Uh, I am going to be performing at the Thrill Mill. On Friday, January 17th, doors open at 7. I will be kicking off the festivities as the opener at 8 p.m. Tickets are $15 in advance. I don't know if there will be any tickets available at the door. I don't expect this show to, uh, uh, or tickets to last. Who is on the bill besides your boy opening up the show? We got Lauren Kaylane, Doug Girton, Austin Apostle. Rod Santos, and my buddy and the fucking hilarious Tim Lovett. This show is presented by Comedy as a Weapon. Don't know it? Learn it. Look it up. Go on to IG or the Facebook. Type in Comedy as a Weapon. That is Tim Lovett's uh, production company. They are sponsoring this show. Huge shout out to Tim Lovett and Comedy as a Weapon. Don't know it? Learn it. Don't know the nim- name Tim Lovett? You will. You follow stand-up comedy. Tim is going to be on top of the game in just a couple years. Very, very, very funny. Great, great comedian and a great friend of mine. He's been helping me out tremendously. I love it. I love when other humans act human. It's such a great thing. So yes, I will be performing, like I said, at the Thrill Mill January 17th. And then the following weekend, I will be in New York City on the 25th and 26th. Locations to be announced. Uh, I will be in attendance at the Patrice O'Neill Benefit on Monday, January 27th, the 8th annual. There are still a few tickets left. Somehow, I don't know how. Uh, This is the 8th annual Patrice O'Neill benefit. If you don't know who Patrice O'Neill was, that's uh, really fucked up on your behalf. Patrice was one of the greatest 
comics of all time, absolutely fucking hilarious. To know him was to love him. Uh, he died from unexpectedly, tragically, from complications that arose from his type 2 diabetes about nine years ago. Ever since then, one of his best friends, Bill Burr, uh, has been putting on a benefit show for him once a year. And this will be the, the eighth one. That's why they call it the eighth annual. Every dollar from this show, every cent, goes to Patrice's mom, his family. Okay? So... Not only is this a star-studded event, one of the best and hottest events, in my opinion, on the East Coast every year, but there's still some tickets available. And like I said, every dollar benefits Patrice's family. Okay, uh, The bill this year is crazy. And The Bill was just talking about this the other night, how this is probably the best lineup that they've had on this show um, since since they've been doing this for Patrice. So headlining the show is obviously Mr. Bill Burr himself. Then we got Ronnie Chang, Judy Gold, Sam Morrill, Andrew Schultz, Cypher Sounds, Rich Voss, Paul Verzi, and Roy Wood Jr. So I am going to be attending that as a fan. Um, I, that a dream come true it would have been to actually get up on stage and perform at Patrice's benefit. But uh, I'm not quite at that level yet. I don't know. Maybe in a handful of years. I'll be uh, close enough with Bill where he might uh, ask me to do that. But seriously, I mean, there are some fucking A-A-A-list comedians that probably wanted to be on that bill that couldn't. So, I don't know. I can't complain. But I am going to New York City and will be in attendance that night as a fan, but I will be performing that Saturday and Sunday, the two days before Patrice's uh, benefit, as will probably all the other performers that are coming into the city for that uh, weekend. So that's going to be a great weekend. If you live in New York City or you live close enough to New York City, uh, there's going to be a lot of famous people, a lot of great comedians, and uh, yours truly will be kicking around Manhattan that weekend Three weeks, uh, yeah, like what, like three weeks from, uh, three weeks from tomorrow, I will be getting in at Uber and heading to fucking New York City. All right, all right, everybody, moving right along with the show. I got a kick out of something last night, and at first I found it hilarious, but as I've been sitting on this information now for about sixteen hours, it's actually gotten me pretty fired up. And it's really making me scratch my head and now shake my head violently like I really can't believe this person is doing this. And I can't believe, well, I can believe. I can believe because I've dealt with this dude before and I can believe that uh, nobody said anything to him because nobody has the balls to say anything to him. And that's another eighth wonder of the world to me. Why everyone's afraid to uh, tell this particular dude um, just how fucking crazy he is. So listen to this. There is a local musician that I know that I've talked about once before in this podcast because he's such an asshole um, that just did something that well, he just didn't just do it, but I just found out about it. And it's fucking appalling, right? So you've probably heard of GoFundMe or GoFundMe campaigns, right, where people need to scrape together some money usually to um, pay for something important. And I'm going to give you a prime example, okay? 
Uh, in the past couple years, I've had a couple people I knew create GoFundMe campaigns, one of which was to help pay for the funeral costs to bury his mother. His mother unexpectedly passed away. She didn't have any kind of life insurance. They were stuck with trying to bury her and give her the burial that she deserved. And they didn't have money. That is a reason to create a GoFundMe page, right? Just like the panhandlers out in front of your local grocery store, most of them have a reason, right? They're homeless. They probably haven't eaten in 10 days, right? They're cold. Uh, another person I know in the last year used GoFundMe to create a campaign because uh, he's only 22 years old. His wife was 22. They had two young toddlers at home, and she was unexpectedly diagnosed with friggin' brain cancer. So she couldn't work anymore, and he was the only uh, breadwinner, you know, bringing home any money. Like two young kids struggling, right? 22 years old, he got brain cancer. So he created a GoFundMe page because they needed help financially because she couldn't work. And uh, they had to drive out to Boston, uh, you know, a couple times a week for, uh, you know, uh, cancer treatments. That is a legitimate reason to ask your friends and family and community for help financially, right? Is everybody on the same page with me so far? Okay. This musician created a GoFundMe page begging people for money so he can pretty much go on his dream tour, like a vacation. Yeah, you heard me right. And this is why if you read the description of the podcast before you started it, you'd see the first topic that Johnny rambles about today are people abusing a GoFundMe account or GoFundMe campaign, okay? He's not asking for money because his kid has cancer or his wife has cancer. He's not asking for money because their house burnt down and now they have nothing. He's not asking for money because he wants to give his mom a proper burial. He's asking for money to essentially... He's asking for your hard-earned money, sir, to send him on a vacation. Pretty much. He's not asking money because he's in financial ruin because of some tragedy. He's asking for money so he can go on a vacation that he doesn't want to fucking pay for himself. That is the equivalent of, you know what? I want a new car right now. You know what car I want? It's not even a car. I want a, I want a 2020 Ford Raptor pickup. That's what I want. You know how much that pickup would cost me? $65,000. Do I have $65,000 in the bank? No. But could I take out a car loan or could I lease it? Sure. Could I afford the payment? I don't know. Maybe. But eh, I don't feel like it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a GoFundMe campaign, and I'm going to ask all of you to give me your hard-earned money so I can buy myself a $65,000 truck. Not a good idea? Okay, I've always wanted to go to Tahiti. I've always wanted to stay in one of those huts that are like over the water that you see on like screensavers and shit. I think that's about like an $8,000 trip per person. So there you go. I'm going to ask for $16,000 from you people so I can go to Bora Bora. Could I finance the trip or maybe put it on a credit card like most friggin' people do? Sure. But no, I'm going to have the balls to ask all of you to give me your hard-earned money 
so you can help me go to Bora fucking Bora or buy me a new Ford Raptor. Can you believe the balls on this guy? I have never in my life heard of anybody using a GoFundMe campaign to pretty much buy them something that they should be doing themselves or even better yet. If you were that good of a musician, you would have a record contract. You would have a record deal. You would have a record label. And the record company would then set up your tour for you. And they would send you on the tour on their own dime. Or maybe they would take the money out of uh, whatever your contract is. Then you'd have to pay it back based on your tour support money, your income right? You don't go onto a web page and create a money campaign begging for money to send you on a fucking vacation, dude. I cannot believe this guy has the balls to beg for money to send him on a fucking world tour. You know what I'm saying? I can't believe it. And this is the thing about this dude, right? He came from the Philippines. In the area of the Philippines he came from is literally one of, if not the most uh, poorest, poverty-stricken places on the planet. The town that he came from in the Philippines, people are living in cardboard boxes on Main Street. If you want to send up a GoFundMe page to raise like 10,000 bucks to send to that town to help people out who can't even eat, no problem. But you're going to fucking move to America and, and just suck off that American tit by having the balls to create a GoFundMe page so people can give you their hard-earned money, not to help you out because you're struggling, but to help send you to Europe so you can play a tour, a tour that you should be earning on your own if you were talented enough, you stupid fuck. Holy shit. I'm telling you, people. What did I say the other day fires me up? Ignorance? Stupidity? Is there, any, is there anything more self-centered and ignorant than somebody moving to America and then just sucking off that, like, American tit dream of trying to hit up fellow Americans to fund your fucking vacation, sir? Are you kidding me? I thought you were humble, bro. Look where you moved to America from. The poorest place in the world. Why don't you create a GoFundMe page... To fucking give back to your Filipino community. So maybe some kids can eat. Wouldn't you rather send some money to save some whales or to feed some children than to send this kid on a European fucking vacation that he didn't even earn? Seriously, I don't know who would donate to send this kid on a fucking vacation. Would you donate to purchase me a new car, sir? A car that I should probably finance and just pay for on my own? I'm not struggling, nor is he. No problem helping out somebody who's homeless. Somebody who hasn't eaten in 10 days. Giving money to a kid that's shivering because he doesn't have any clothes in the wintertime. And you want to hit people up for money to send you on a fucking tour? You are out of your mind, dude. You should be embarrassed. If you gave this kid money, you should be embarrassed. I, 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 I honestly can't believe it. I can't. I had to see it for myself, and I have. 
And uh, at first I thought it was funny. Now I just think it's one of the most appalling, fucked up things I've heard of in a while. To straight face, have a straight face and have to live with your conscience trying to hit up people in a recession in America to dig in their wallets to fund your little hobby. You fucking worthless fuck. Jesus. That is terrible. That is terrible, sir. That is that is such a despicable, deplorable friggin' thing. I cannot believe it. And here's the other thing I can't believe. Well, I can. I can believe it. I can. Because I talked about this dude earlier this summer uh, on my podcast and how much of a friggin' dink he was. And I don't know. I don't know how his wife or his family or his friends or even his bandmates can sit there and not say anything to him about this. To me, this is, it's honest to God. It's the equivalent to me starting a GoFundMe page or anybody starting a GoFundMe page because you want people to pay for uh, your cell phone bill. You want people to pay for your vacation. You want people to pay for your new car. You want people, you know what I'm saying? There's a difference, man, between, you know, getting into financial ruin because tragedy struck. A disease struck your family. A tragedy struck your family. You aren't reaching out for help, bro, because you're in trouble. You're reaching out for help because you want people to pay for your vacation. What a fucking dick thing to do. And anybody that actually donates to him, you're just as much of an asshole. Instead of giving this guy a hundred bucks to go play his guitar in Europe, take that hundred bucks and donate it to your local fucking soup kitchen. People who actually need the money to survive. Can you tell the difference, people? I'm absolutely appalled that somebody did that. And I'm appalled at anybody who donated to him. And I'm appalled that anybody who knows him wouldn't pick up the phone and be like, bro, that's fucking wrong. Just wrong. To ask people for money to buy you like a gift? Jesus, the, the tenacity on this dude. Especially coming from such a humble background like he did to have the ball to ask people for money for some shit like that and a GoFundMe account. That's for people who are struggling, bro. It's the equivalent to like you standing next to a panhandler. One panhandler is homeless. The other guy hasn't is also homeless, hasn't eaten in 10 days. Then you're standing there with your fucking hand out looking for people to, you know, buy you a new guitar. Because you don't want to go pay for it yourself. You fucking worthless fuck. God, people like that, man, they don't even deserve to breathe. I would knock his teeth down his throat next time I saw him for just doing something like that. For having the balls to ask struggling people around here to fucking take money out of their bank account to go buy him something that he doesn't even fucking deserve or need. That is just so wrong, dude. Unbelievable. All right. Let's move on to something happier, shall we? Let's move on to the new birth control technique that my girlfriend and I just started using. It's called skinny jeans. That's right. There's no more withdrawal method. There's no more condoms, no more dental dams, no more poking holes in your uh, 
in your, uh, what do they call it, the retainer? I don't know, some kind of disc that women can shove up their hoo-ha, right? It's supposed to block the, uh, the sperm. What the hell is that thing called? A diaphragm, right? Or the method I preferred over the years, aside from the withdrawal method. It was just the, eh, let's think about it after the consequences, right? Let, let's think about the consequences when I'm done, then we can worry about it, right? In the throes of ecstasy, no one's given a shit, right? So that's what that's the method uh, that I'm used to, you know, withdrawal method, the, the just hope and pray method. But I'm telling you, we came up with a great method, and that's me wearing skinny jeans. Because what happens when you wear skinny jeans, sir? Well, they're so friggin' tight that your nutsack ends up going up inside of your body. And what happens when your nutsack goes up inside of your body? Eh, it's like your refrigerator losing power. And uh, your milk spoils, sir. And then you become impotent. Or, uh, not impotent, what, I think impotent is unable to get, uh, get a boner, right? Uh, then you become, uh, your sperm count goes down. You can't reproduce. Then all the pro-life people hate you, right? Because you're just killing kids. You're killing kids uh, by lowering your sperm count. So, uh, yeah, that is our new method. Um, I used to smoke marijuana to lower my sperm count. That way I couldn't get anyone pregnant. Combine that with the withdrawal method or the hope and pray method. But now I can just lower my sperm count by just wearing skinny jeans. Because like I said, uh, if you aren't aware of uh, anatomy or science or you need a refresher, men's testicles are actually two degrees colder than your body. Just like milk, it's a refrigerator. It has to be kept refrigerated, sir. And uh, if you wear tidy whities or uh, skinny jeans and your nutsack goes up into your, uh, into your stomach, then uh, it's the equivalent of leaving the milk out overnight. And what happens when you leave the milk out overnight? It's going to spoil. And that's what's happening. My man juice has spoiled. Therefore, I am incapable of impregnating anybody and adding yet another monstrous child to an already uh, overpopulated world, right? So that is our birth control technique. And I don't really like that name, Skinny Jeans. It's too generic. Skinny jeans. What does that mean? Does it mean it's only made for skinny people? Does it mean that uh, they make you look skinny when you wear them? It's too generic. They should just cut to the point. You know the first thing I thought they should be called when I tried on skinny jeans the other day? How about we just cut to the chase and call them show everyone the outline of your cock jeans? Because that's exactly what happens. If you were to take a gander at Johnny's nether region right now, it would leave uh, nothing to the imagination. There would be no room for speculation. You would be able to clearly see a chalk outline of my, uh, of my peanut. And that would be so offensive, right? It's so offended. Uh... All right, let's move right along to... Uh... Eh, I'm going to skip that topic. You would have heard it on the original podcast I recorded if the audio had not failed. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, uh, five minutes into me talking in this podcast, you might have heard a click, and maybe the audio changed. You know why? Because the original 45-minute podcast I recorded, it came out perfect, and that just that just couldn't happen. So while I was in post-production, I got like six minutes into the audio and realized that I had a lot of interference on my hard drive. I have no idea why. 
And uh, it happened uh, while I was talking about uh, this this fuckhead using GoFundMe to uh, to go fuck himself. That's what I wanted him to do. GoFundMe, more like go fuck yourself. If we were sending him to Europe so he'd stay there instead of being in this area, then I would donate. If he was looking for money for an assisted suicide, I'd donate. Uh, if he was looking for money so he would never pick up a guitar again, I would donate. So anyways, yes, I am re-recording a portion of this podcast because in post-production I noticed the audio started fucking up. And I thought I had that fixed, and I guess not. I guess the fix that Johnny came up with for poor audio is now back with a vengeance. So anyways, let's move on to me repeating myself uh, soul suckers. I have aptly named some people in my life soul suckers. And why do I call them soul suckers? Because that's what they do. They literally suck the soul right out of you. And what am I talking about? They're people who zap your happiness. They zap your happiness with one word. You know what that word is? Hello. You ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? 1996? Even if you haven't, you might know that there is a, uh, a famous line from that movie, right? No, it's not show me the money. It's the other one. You had me at hello. You ever heard anyone say that? You had me at hello? Well, this is kind of like the same thing. Instead of uh, you having me at hello, uh, you sucked all my happiness out at hello. And what am I talking about? Well, there are some people in my life that um, are really depressive pessimistic, negative people that love drama, right? And I'm just the opposite. Occasionally I have a bad day, but who doesn't? But for the most part, I'm always in a really happy-go-lucky, goofy, sarcastic party mood, right? And, uh, you know, I like to share in the happiness, right? Give people a jingle, share some good news with them, share a joke with them, right? And uh, there are certain people in my life that, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be like bouncing up and down. I'm so happy. I'll be fucking elated, right? And you might know somebody like this. And I'll dial their phone number, and I should know better. But by the time they're done just saying hello, it has sucked every ounce of energy, every ounce of happiness out of you. That's why I call them soul suckers. Classic example, right? Right now, I'm in a great mood. It's Friday. I'm alive, Right? There's problems, sure, but fuck it, right? Great mood. So I'm in a great mood. I'm happy. Let's say I want to call a soul sucker right now. Well, let's say, well, now that I know who the soul suckers are, I really try not to call them. But let's say, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to give you an example, okay? So I'm in a great mood. You're in a great mood. Uh, you and I just won a billion dollars in the lottery. And we want to call our buddy, let's say, Steve. Because we want to tell Steve that we just hit the lottery for a billion dollars and we're going to be giving him like 500 million of it, right? And we're so excited. We dial that phone. It rings. And then here's what we get. Hello. Yeah. Hello. I'm telling you, dude, by the time they are done with that, oh... I'm just like if there was like a like a meter of my happiness level, it would just go right down to zero, 
right? You're in the best mood. You're so excited. You're positive. You're like jumping up and down and the phone rings and they answer it and they go, hmm. and seriously, by the time they're done with that, oh, I'm just like, my head's in my hand, you know, now I feel depressed. Now I'm like pissed. Like seriously, they, they suck all of the happiness, all of the positive energy that I had in me, just by the way they answer the phone. It just sucks that right out of you. you. Do you know anybody like that? There's two people I know, one of which I'm related to, and unfortunately I can't stop calling them. Um, but I'm, I'm calling them less, and it really doesn't matter. You might say, well, yeah, you know, not everybody can answer the phone as stellar as you can, John. And I'm not saying that, right? Okay, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, you'll never hear me answer a phone call with, hello, you know, like somebody just robbed me and beat me up and called my mother a whore and fucking, you know, killed my puppy. Honest to God, if you can j just, if you were to, to record the most depressed person on the planet saying hello, that's what it is. And at the same time, it, they say it so depressingly that it just sucks every ounce of energy out of you. And that's what I've aptly referred to these people now as soul suckers. Um, I really wish uh, these people weren't in my life, but I, I don't know. Uh, it drives me nuts, and I should know better than to, that, than to call one of these people, especially when I'm in a good mood. Because no matter what it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even if their life is perfect. They just want to revel every day in bullshit, in drama, in unhappiness. It doesn't matter. And the conversation doesn't get better after that hello. You know, you might, you know, I might go on telling them this five minute long great thing that happened, uh, great news for the community, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the bit, yeah, great. I'm saying they're just so it's just like fuck dude I don't know why anybody would want to talk to you or hang out with you or even call you because no matter what is happening in your life you're just always a fucking bump on a log oh, I'm gonna go to work punch the clock I'm gonna hate my life I'm gonna hate my job then I'm gonna get in my car I'm going to drive home, take a shower, then I'm going to lay on the couch all night and feel sorry for myself and uh I'm just going to I'm just going to lay around in my own stink and sorrow. Oh, woe is me. And if anybody calls me on the phone, I'm going to answer it with hello. I mean, fucking A, man. Can't you just, when you see somebody calling, even if you're having a bad day, just be like, hello. That's how I do it. You'll never catch me, even if I'm in the worst, having a worst day. You'll never hear me answer the phone with, hello. Oh, my God. I want to be a billion miles, dude, from anybody that just likes to wallow in their own fucking sorrow. They can't get out of their own way. So depressing. Sorry. That might be your deal, but it ain't mine. I've been depressed, and I've been happy, and I've hated, and I've loved. And I can tell you unequivocally 
that uh, it's a much better feeling to be happy and to be lovey than it is to be fucking miserable and hating life, right? So that's what I choose to do. You can too, sir. Try it. Instead of answering the phone, literally, like somebody just killed your friggin' stuffed animal, just go, hello? Or maybe you have caller ID. Maybe you see it's your brother calling. Maybe you see it's your wife calling. Maybe you see it's your mom calling. Maybe you see it's the bank. I don't know. But just go, hello? Hey, how are you? How you doing? Good to hear from you. Is that so difficult? Can you imagine? Hello. What's wrong? Oh, nothing. Seriously. That is like the first question I'll ask, too, when they pick up the phone like that. Because it'll, it'll immediately suck every bit of life out of me. And because they answer the phone like that, the first, you know, the first thought that goes through any rational person's head is, what's, what's wrong? It's, who died? You know, are your legs broken? Can I, can I send you an ambulance? No, they're fine. That's just the state of mind they like to be. Fuck it. I just, I don't know, dude. I, I don't. I don't feel sorry for you. I don't. I don't feel sorry for you. You know when life will change for you? When you make that conscious decision in your head to stop answering the phone like that and feeling sorry for your fucking self. Why don't you try to start off a conversation with, Hello? Isn't that, you know what I'm saying? That's infectious. You ever find something more funny because somebody that you're with uh, laughs and then that gets you laughing? You ever hang out with somebody that's uh, just kind of happy-go-lucky and just always fun and it kind of makes you kind of have more fun? Well, on the same token, have you ever hung out with someone that's just always just wallowing in their own fucking stink and depression? It's not fun. You're not fun to be around. You're not fun to even call on the phone. Nobody wants to hang out with you. Nobody wants to even call you. So get over yourself. Step out of this fucking funk that you like to stay in and just try having a different attitude one day and just see how much further in life you can go. So yeah, soul suckers. Don't call them. Kick them out of your life if you can. Or try to kick them in the ass if you can't. Perk it up on the phone, will ya? All right, moving right along. I was thinking the other night... Uh, about the person who might have invented uh, the wet ass wipe. I know that's the not that, that's not the technical term for him, but that's what I call him, a wet ass wipe. It's a wipe for your ass. It's a little wet, right? And it's fucking genius. Gone are the days of using toilet paper and chafing your asshole, right? I use them all the time now. I can't shit without one. That's why I've trained myself to only poop at home. So when I go on like a week vacation, I won't shit the whole week. But when I get back to my house, the Red Seas open up, baby. And that's all because I have my Cottonelle plug, 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 friggin' uh, ass wipes, right? So I'm willing to bet you that the guy that invented that wet ass wipe, he probably had to uh, take an emergency shit, right? Probably driving down the highway. All of a sudden, his stomach drops, and he's like, oh boy, I got a shit, and there's nowhere to go, right? Probably a truck driver. And then he, uh, you know, he puts on the brakes, has to go run into the woods. He takes a giant shit in the middle of the woods. He feels better. But what are you going to wipe with? 
and all he happens to have on him is a wet napkin from KFC. And he probably wiped his ass with that and thought, holy fuck, everyone's been wiping their hands and their face, their greasy shit, right, with these wet naps. Why don't we wipe our ass with them? How much you want to bet that's what happened? It's just ingenious, is it not? I want to meet the guy. I want to shake his hands after I watch him wash them, right? But literally, I want to shake his hand. Congratulations. You are a fucking genius, right? KFC or a, uh, a barbecue joint. You ever have like wings or pizza in your hands and your face just feel so greasy? Then they give you one of those wet naps, right? It's better than a dry napkin. Takes away that greasy feeling from your hands and your face. He just applied that logic to your asshole, right? We poop. Poop is a messy enterprise, a stinky, messy enterprise. Just like eating wings is, right? So there you go. Instead of using the wet nap on your fingers, we use the wet nap on your asshole. And it's like, you, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, tied into that, you know, how many times have you taken a shower, right? You take a shower because your girlfriend's coming over and you might be getting intimate, right? And, you, you know, you want to be smelling clean everywhere. How many times have you had to take a shit right after you get out of the shower? Isn't that annoying, right? You just washed your ass, soaped it up for an hour, and now you shit and you got to stink that shit right back up again, right? But the wet ass wipes, the wet ass wipes make you, you know, smell like you had a diaper on. Freaking fantastic. So, yes, I salute you, sir. The guy that thought outside the box and said, hey, I'm not going to use this KFC wet nap to wipe my chicken greased fingers. I'm going to use this KFC wet nap to wipe my asshole. And I tell you, buddy, you changed the whole game by doing that. All right. I interviewed somebody the other day to potentially be my producer for this podcast. I was going to hire somebody as a producer for Reality Drip and the Views from the John. And this guy came highly recommended. I looked at his resume. And what experience did he have to be a producer? Well, he's a truck driver. He's a, he has a CDL license. He's a truck driver. And he doesn't watch comedy. The first stand-up show he ever watched, whether it was on person or on TV, was when I took him to Giggles out in Boston back in November. Okay, so how could you be more qualified to be a producer on a comedic podcast than to be a truck driver with no comedic experience? Hasn't even seen the movie The Big Lebowski, right? Can you believe that shit? Who hasn't seen The Big Lebowski? That's like sacrilegious, dude, all right? But yeah, he came highly recommended, right? Truck driver. Never seen comedy before? Doesn't know stand-up? That is the perfect guy to produce my podcast. So I was really high on the guy, but then I brought him in for an interview, and he, he failed it. And I'm going to tell you how he failed it, right? So I was really high on the guy before, but then when he came in for the interview, I said, okay, I'm hearing that I might need a new intro for the podcast. I was like, so what would you do as my new producer what would you suggest for a new intro? Because evidently he's like, you know, because he, he is a fan. He's a fan of the show. He listens to the podcast. This is the only podcast he listens to. And like I said, he's an expert because he's a truck driver. And he doesn't know comedy. 
So it's perfect. So he's like, yeah, you know, the way you start off your podcast, you know, you, you introduce yourself. Nobody wants to know that. Uh, you give the name of the show. Nobody needs to know what the name of the show is. Then you tell people the date. Eh, nobody wants to know what the date is. So I was like, dude, how should I start off the show? He's like, I don't know. He's like, uh, just start off with uh, I stepped in shit. And I'm like, really? So that's how you want me to start off my show, huh? Don't introduce myself. Don't introduce the uh, name of the show. Don't give the date or the episode number. Just literally start off with the words, I stepped in shit. All right. All right. I'll take that into consideration. <clears throat> and then um, then he tried to tell me that McDonald's hamburgers are made from emu. Did you get that? You know what an emu is? I didn't. I had to look it up. Looks like a looks like a uh, ostrich. I've had ostrich meat in a high-end restaurant before. It was delicious, actually, with a demi-glaze. Uh, but yeah, he's trying to convince me that that is the new podcast intro I need. That I stepped in shit, and he's also trying to give me a McDonald's cheeseburger, and selling me on the fact that it ain't cow, and it ain't plant. It's emu. An emu looks like an ostrich. And evidently, that's what McDonald's uses for their meat. So, if you're vegetarian and you loved McDonald's hamburgers, but you just you couldn't get over the fact that it was a cow, then maybe you can go have a McDonald's hamburger. Because it ain't cow. It ain't cattle. It's emu. And nobody cares about emus, right? Nobody even knows what an emu is. So, uh, yeah, I was going to hire him. But uh, that that suggestion for the new intro and him trying to say that uh, McDonald's hamburgers are made from emu meat, I was just like, this guy, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work out, sir. So, you know, I was like, you know, we'll call you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to talk about one last thing. Eh, maybe two more things then we'll then we'll get the hang uh, we'll, we'll 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 hang up the phone here. All right, so I saw a bumper sticker the other day and I love bumper stickers. I really do. I don't. I don't understand why you would ruin your car with a frigging bumper sticker. Those things are permanent, right? Unbelievable. So somebody had a bumper sticker that said what would Jesus think? And it got me thinking about what Jesus would think. What would Jesus think? If Jesus Christ were to walk into my house right now and he were to sit down on the microphone with me here, I would want to know what he thinks, right? Who wouldn't? Who, who wouldn't want to know what Jesus Christ thinks of humanity and the world that he gave us, right? 2,020 years after his uh, death. And you know what question I would have for him? And I know this is going to be wildly unpopular before I even say it. But I have to say it. And I'm going to precursor it again with just because I make light of a situation doesn't mean I take it lightly. But you know what question I have for Jesus? If we were to ask him what Jesus would think, is I would want to know what Jesus thinks of all the priests that are supposed to be trusted members of your church and community that have inappropriately touched all so many little boys. 
What would Jesus think about that? Right? That's deplorable. I'm telling you, I think the church, depending on which church it is, is is really good for a family. They teach pretty good morals and values to live by. But this whole scandal with these Catholic priests, when did they all get together and decide it was appropriate to touch little boys? That is a trusted authority figure in the family, in the community. You're a servant of God. Do you think God wants his helpers, so to speak? Like the guys that play Santa Claus, right? They're like Santa Claus helpers. They're a trusted figure, right? You put your kid on their lap every year at the mall for a picture. Would you still bring your kid to that mall Santa Claus if you knew that Santa Claus was uh, getting excited when you put the kid on his lap? If he was a registered sex offender, would you take your kid to see that Santa Claus? I don't think so. So why are we trusting our kids with priests? And I get it, okay? The church has been fantastic to my family over the years, okay? There's good and bad people in every possible um, aspect of everything, including the church. There's bad cops out there. There's good cops. There's bad criminals, there's good criminals, right? There's bad Spice Girls and there's good Spice Girls. See what I'm saying? There are bad people that are priests and there are good people. But I just, I don't get it. And I think that's what Jesus might be most appalled at. Is the fact that there is Catholicism. And somehow, all these priests thought it would be appropriate to take advantage of their altar boys. And abuse little kids. How fucked is that? You're an authority figure. You're a trusted family figure that most parents would trust their kids alone with because you're a fucking priest. You're a man of God. So I guess, I don't know. That's my question for Jesus. And I, I don't think Jesus would be very happy with the Catholic Church. I really don't. And I don't mean to talk shit about the Catholic Church because I was born and raised Catholic. And the Catholic Church has really, really helped my family in some of our darkest hours, okay? So I'm not trying to talk shit, but I'm also being realistic here, people. Everybody knows that this is a black mark on the Catholic Church's record, and uh, I had to bring it up. What would Jesus think? I think Jesus would be absolutely appalled, okay, at what the Catholic Church or other churches have done. I don't think it's just Catholic priests. There could be rabbis out there, right? Or I don't, I don't friggin' know. But I'm just saying, you know, it's... I mean, think about how corrupt governments are, right? And that kind of stuff. Do you think the Vatican is any different? You ever seen any of those movies? The Vatican is hiding more secrets than the U.S. government is. What do you think the Vatican knows that they haven't told people? You know what movie I've used before as uh, little intro clips on this podcast before? It was actually appeared on the Halloween, the Horrible Ween special. I used a couple clips from a movie called Stigmata. And uh, off the top of my head, I can't name a single actor in that movie. But in that movie, it is theorized. It's obviously fictitional. Uh, fictional. Is that a word? Fictitional? Fictitious? It's a fiction movie, right? It's a horror movie, kind of. 
about a about a girl who's not religious, but she gets the stigmata, which is like, you know, like a sign from God or something like that. But anyways, they theorize in this movie that Jesus Christ um, wrote a gospel or a Bible in his own words. And in this gospel, he says that you really don't need to attend a church. That's not how I'm going to judge you. And he goes on to say, uh, I'm everywhere, all the time. You don't need to attend church. Split a piece of wood, I'm there. Lift a stone, you'll find me. Right? That was a line from that movie. Now, I'm almost willing to bet, because I am a big conspiracy theory guy, that there might be a Bible or some kind of writing that's in the possession of the Vatican that was written in Jesus Christ's own words. And what would happen if that document was leaked that Jesus Christ and God didn't want you to go to a church? You don't need to attend. That would essentially erase the entire church and a $10 billion industry, which is the Catholic Church, wouldn't it? Scientology is a business, but it's also a religion. Look at all the billions of dollars those guys got rolling around. You know what I'm saying? It's a business, but it's also a religion. And a business is not going to let information leak that would destroy the business. So if a gospel or a Bible came out written by Jesus that said you didn't you you don't need to attend church, there goes that entire uh, business. Another thing I've absolutely wholeheartedly believe in, and I don't know if I've ever brought it up on this podcast, I believe that cancer was cured several times over. But the U.S. government and other world organizations would never let a cure for cancer ever become known. Why? Because the cancer treatment industry is like a $10 billion industry. People are employed because they treat cancer. It employs a lot of people. It makes a lot of people billionaires. If we came up with a pill that you could take for 30 days to cure any type of cancer, all those billionaire pharmaceutical companies would uh, become broke. Okay? So you think our government or any government would ever allow a cure for cancer? No. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. But don't think for a fucking second that they have not cured cancer. They have. Not only have they cured cancer, and they will never allow it to happen because of what I said, then it would completely erase a $10 billion industry. And too many people that contribute to political campaigns come from the pharmaceutical sector, sir, okay? This, is, this isn't rocket science, and it's not, I'm not some crazy uh, conspiracy theory guy. I'm just a realist, and, it, and this shit is real. Just like... We have the technology and the power to literally pull energy out of the air. There's energy all around us just floating in the atmosphere. It's called zero-point energy. We have found a way to pull that energy right out of the air and use it to power anything. And it doesn't create any kind of carbon footprint. There's no uh, byproduct for using zero-point energy. So every single car, plane, and home across the entire planet could be using free energy right now without any pollution whatsoever. But do you think our government, again, would ever allow zero-point energy to come out? 
No, of course not, because then we would no longer buy fossil fuels. And all the big oil companies and all those fucks of the the 0.01% that run this entire planet, and it's all money-based, those people would lose money. And they also contribute billions of dollars to fucking political campaigns. This is how the world works, people. How do we know that Mars is red? How do we know there's not aliens? How do you know what you know? We know everything we know because it's what we've been told and taught in history books. How much of our world history has been left out of history books that we just weren't told about or taught about? Think about it. You don't think somebody's cured cancer? Bullshit. You don't think that we have alien technology and we've like bent space and time and gone way out to some of these uh, other planets we've discovered recently? Bullshit. There's been leaked documents from the 70s that said we that we went on an alien craft. Ten people. Look it up. Look up Project Serpo on the internet right now after this podcast. S-E-R-P-O. Project Serpo. It was a U.S. project in the 70s in which we sent ten uh, people on an actual alien craft with aliens to their planet over 30 light years away. And they stayed there uh, for like a year or two. And uh, when they came back, I think eight of them, no, I think six out of the ten of them came back. Two of them wanted to stay for the rest of their lives on the planet, and the alien race let them. Um, Two of them died because of uh, extremely high radiation levels on the planet, because that planet evidently had three suns on it. And um, the rest of them came back. And they made like a 200-page report on everything that they experienced uh, living with with an alien race on their planet. That's 30 fucking light years away. That happened in the 70s. Do you think it can't happen? Why? Because you don't know about it? Think about it. Everything that we know and everything that we learned in school was taught to us in history books. Ask yourself what has been left out of our history books that no one's ever told us. Think about it. The world is not just so black and white, people. How do we know that Mars is red? Have you seen it? I've seen pictures of it. But how do we know it's red? Because there's red in the pictures. You know those pictures get sent back to satellites and they go through a couple uh, private companies in San Diego before they even reach the Jet Propulsion Laboratory? Then they go to NASA? Hackers figured that out. Why would every single image that has ever come from Mars be filtered through two separate private in parentheses, non-government affiliated space agencies before they even went to JPL and then to NASA? Is it because uh, the Mars rover is actually picking up things on camera that they don't want you to see? Like little green men walking around? Or waterfalls? It is, honest to God, if you want to stick on this conspiracy theory thing, there are a lot of people out there, including high-level government officials that have come forward and said, Mars has an atmosphere, man. Mars is just like Earth. We don't want people to know. So every image that we've seen of Mars evidently has a red filter put on it to make it look red and arid. 
And uh, anything that was uh, mountainous or had trees in it or plant life, wildlife, or water is digitally removed. And that's what these two companies that the government doesn't want you to know about actually does to these photos that get sent back to Earth from uh, anything on Mars. And then they get sent to the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Then they get sent to NASA. So there you go. How could that not be possible? I'm not saying it's true, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's not possible. And I just gave you pretty great reasons to think that. I'm not saying, people, that you should buy everything hook, line, and sinker that you hear, see, or read, but at least question it. I do. Question authority. Question laws. Question the Constitution. Question everything you know. I do. I ain't buying anything that anybody tells me hook, line, and sinker until I do my own research. And I can tell you that this world is not just meat and potatoes. There is so much going on that we have not been told, that we cannot see, that we cannot hear. We live in a very complicated but amazing planet, amazing world. And uh, that's all I'm trying to say, man. There's a lot more out there than meets the eye. And I think that's all I have for today. I wasn't even going to uh, talk about that last thing I did, but uh, I did. But yeah, what would Jesus think about the priests? And on, and on the same token, our, our, our founding fathers, the same guys that uh, wrote and signed our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the First, Second, Third, Fourth Amendments, all that stuff, what would those guys think if they were to all of a sudden uh, be revived and they could see the state of America in 2020? What would they think? Would they be happy that we're still using those documents? Or would they be like, holy shit, you guys are still using that stuff that we wrote? That was like a blueprint, bro. That was like homework. That was like a cheat. That was like a study, uh, you know, that was like a cliff note. You know what I'm saying? Would they, you know, or seriously, what do you think? Would the founding fathers, would they, 2020, would they, you know, if they came back in time or forward in time and they saw the state of the country, would they be like, that's awesome that you're still going by the Constitution? Or would they be appalled and be like, holy shit, you guys are still like living by these things? That was just like a starting point for the country, man. It's time to update the shit. And tied into that, these same people that came up with our Constitution and the Bill of Rights and, uh, you know, the way our government works and everything else. Weren't these the same people around the same time that thought it was a great idea to enslave an entire race of people because of their skin color? Think about that. The same friggin' people that came up with your Constitution and made America great again by writing up our freedoms to, uh, to... To have firearms, right? Those are the same people that thought it would be a great idea to enslave an entire race of people. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not anti-American. I love America. I love this country. I do. I'm a patriot. I love America. America has problems. But I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I wouldn't. As crazy as America is, I love it. America, 
the home of the the home of the brave, land of the free, or the land of the free, home of the brave. I don't know. It's none of those things. I used to pledge allegiance every morning to the flag of the United States of America, into which the republic which it stands, one nation, under God. Oh, we can't say God anymore in school. No. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to sign off. I hope you had a great time listening to uh, another hour of horse shit today. And uh, I don't know. My, uh, my, 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 my producer didn't mention anything about uh, the way we end the podcast. But I don't know if we ever end it the same way. We just end up talking for way too long, trying to say goodbye for too long, right? So I, I, I don't know. Maybe I maybe that's going to be my resolution. I need to come up with a better and more uh, solid way to end the podcast. So let's see. What can I come up with? I don't know. Thank you for listening. This has been Views from the John. I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you folks next week. Thank you. You're not ready. I have plenty of white guys talking about nothing. I'm sorry to inform you you're going to be without his services for the rest of the day. B-O-O-H-O-O. All right, that's it, everyone. Nothing to see here. Just some people who are really, really high. Aww. Aww. Can't shoot anyone. Yo, Johnny! I'll see you in the next life! <laughs>